0: This podcast is brought to you by IWI. IWI has been knocking it out of the park lately with new products. Just this year, I've gotten the opportunity to try out the Masada Tactical and Masada Slim Pistols, both in 9mm and both optics ready. The Zion Pistol, which is their AR-15 pattern model, and the Gen 2 Galil Ace in 762 x 39 from first round hits at 500 yards from a 12 and a half inch barrel in the Zion to summer carry with the Masada Slim, I'm freaking impressed. I can't get over how many changes and upgrades IWI has made from the first gen to the second gen Galil Ace. Most notably, it now has a free float handguard. IWI supports the shooting sports at a massive level, and they support the podcast. Next time you need a new blaster, I highly recommend IWI. This episode of the three gun show is brought to you by isotune sport, the next generation of hearing protection. I love their ear pro. I wear the Advance or the caliber models when I'm shooting, which are in ear. And I wear the defy muffs when other people are shooting like rifles, or if I'm standing to the side, there's a muzzle break or something like that. All of those models have their tactical sound control technology, which allows you to hear range commands and what's going on around you, but suppress gunshots And one feature I had no idea I'd use so much is Bluetooth. I can be a little set in my way, so I didn't think I needed Bluetooth in my ear pro. But with Isotune Sport, you can actually listen to music or a podcast and hear what is going on around you so you're not taken by surprise. Because of that, the Advance not only go with me to the range, but they have become my go to's for the gym and walking around my neighborhood. They've lasted countless 30-minute sessions in 134-degree heat in the sauna, and they're still kicking. My hearing is important to me and yours should be important to you too. Thanks to Isotune Sport for supporting the shooting sports and sponsoring the show. Be sure to check them out to upgrade your ear pro. Welcome to the 3 Gun Show. I'm your host, Dave Hartman. This short-form podcast is a departure from the weekly long-form interviews that we do here. This is meant to be a bite-sized send-off for the weekend where I answer your questions and talk about current events in the shooting space. If you get something useful from this show, pick up your phone right now and share it with a friend or on social media. As usual, show notes are at 3gunshow.com. While you're there, check out the Pro Shop for 3 Gun Show apparel, coffee mugs, digital products and a selection of scopes, red dots, and other shooting accessories. Thanks for tuning in. All right, here we go. Adam, you just got back from Shooter Symposium. Did you take any classes while you were out there?
1: I did. Um, It's not my focus while I'm out there, but I was able to sneak into one with an instructor that... I hadn't been with before on a subject matter that I wanted to learn some more about. So I did, I did get one in out of the, out of the three days. Very cool. What, what was the, uh, what was the course?
0: What was the class?
1: So I took, I'm going to make sure I get his name right. Well, why uh, are you, are doing that? Let me explain
0: uh shooter symposium real quick. So it's an event that, um, is put on at the range, right in, in Tejas. Actually, everywhere yep, is called The, the Ranch
1: range. TX. The Ranch TX. The so Ranch. Not to be confused with The Ranch Texas, which is a different range.
0: Yeah, everything's called The Ranch in Texas because Texas is full of ranches. Uh, but yeah, so it's an event that uh, people go to and they get like the uh, the um, country buffet of teaching, right? So they learn a little bit from a lot of instructors and then they can use that to then decide if they want to, uh, do some further instruction with that instructor. Am I kind of, kind of on the mark on that one.
1: Yep. Yep. Or like if you are in an industry where you go to conferences and there's little breakouts, it's kind of like that or, um, you know, community college, high school, you know, where you can kind of elect into, uh, the classes that you want to take. And there's, there's a set number of time slots for the weekend. um, so most students are taking over, over the three or four days, they're taking about three. I, I don't think you can take four now, but you can take three classes with three different instructors who you might otherwise pay the same amount and take a, a two or a three day class from that one instructor. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a round Robin, a little bit of a sampler. Um, but you can kind of touch on a lot of topics and a lot of, um, a lot of uh, a lot of personalities in right. one in one place in one weekend.
0: Cool. All right. So, uh, what was the uh, the class that you took?
1: So I took uh, SPR or Special Purpose Rifle with Alex Hartman. Right. So I had to think. That's why I had to think about it for a little bit. So I I um, saw
0: him on a uh, a Surefire uh, video and I. Obviously, it drew my attention because it's shooting and because Hartman. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, surefire featured me. Oh, wait, that's not me. So, it took, <laughs> no relation. It took
1: every ounce of my body not to call him Andy. Um, but Andy, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, Andy Hartman. I don't know why. I don't know who, I, who, who who's Andy Hartman. A, that's some other guy apparently who can't shoot. Um, <laughs> Alex's brother. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I, <laughs> okay. I my personal struggles with names. So I wanted to get his name, right?
0: Gotcha. Um, I, I thought the, uh, the problem was my last name is Hartman. No, I was way no, off on that one.
1: <laughs> that was a big, a big attraction to the class. Was like, <laughs> oh, 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 that's Hartman. Well, I'll get along with this guy.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: But, um, like on the, in my, in my professional life, one of the things we have to talk about quite a bit now on the law enforcement side is, um, Designated marksman stuff or or low power variables which are very popular in our sport and everybody gets it Well, it's it's new and crazy to them. So we have to explain it a lot. Um, so uh, to the best that I can I try to uh, be as read up on that and maintain kind of the oral history of Of that whole evolution. Um, so Uh, it was it was kind of a dmr type class uh, that I could take on a day that the schedule was open. so I kind of took it to get you know uh, continuing education, get a little different perspective on uh, on the uh, the SPR rifle and its applications. So, cool.
0: so you're talking LPVO, low power variable yep. with like a five five six.
1: yep, so this class they specified essentially a like a two two three rifle uh, with a with a low you know, low power scope to like a six or a 10 or more capability. Um, For those familiar picture, the Mark 12 uh, from the military system. Um, So really this, a small frame AR two, two, three, five, five, six, with some kind of scope or, you know, uh, a low power variable or an intermediate range scope. Like the guy next to me, he had a loophole Mark five. I think it was like a three to think it was like a three to 20 or something like that um so kind of an intermediate range class if you will because really really we didn't do anything inside of a hundred and then we went out to 600 is really what we were going for yep mark 12 right there for mark those you following along uh yeah which is a super cool rifle and a super cool story for those who are interested lots of cool information on that if you want to go down a rabbit hole on uh, on guns of uh the global war on terror
0: yeah for sure so um fun fact when i worked at a, a rifle company um we had a surplus of long barrels that we were not using in any product and i was like mm-hmm. let's make a modern spr and then we did yes and we sold the ever-loving shit out of those things <laughs> like super popular
1: dude it's People love it. Like we have, I have a couple in our, our cage at work and with the proper suppressor. Mm-hmm. So with the, uh, with the Allen engineering over barrel suppressor and dude, those it's a, a super cool gun to shoot. It's like one of the few guns at work. I wish I could just take home. Um, Is that the night? If you bring it out, people love it. Uh, that those two, I have two of them actually. Well, we have two of them <laughs> and they are made by uh, PRI. Okay. Yeah, so, PRI makes them it's the most clone correct one you can just buy um but it has the it has the proper barrel the Douglas uh air gauge barrel it has the uh um the suppressor the suppressor mount uh proper handguard the proper top rail and then the rest of it you know even the even the real ones were uh very um they're all over the map as far as as far as bottom ends on those, as far as stock configurations and actual triggers and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're super cool. They're uh, they're really awesome rifles, and uh, it, it it it's funny when you look at them too because there's a lot of things that that we use in three gun. i like, if you saw this with like a different, and for those listening, we this is also will be on YouTube, but if you saw this this rifle with a different scope. You wouldn't think it was any anything but like an old three gun rifle, you know. Like this would look actually at home.
1: Fun, fun fact: that is where this came from. Yeah. Uh, so AMU AMU heavily influenced uh, that that evolution of rifle. So um, without going down the whole. Um, uh, we found ourselves in Afghanistan. They found themselves having a need for the SOCOM wanted some kind of rifle like this, and the AMU was. I mean, this, these are the the days when Daniel Horner won everything by twenty percent. Um, and so like they're like, hey, longer handguard, you know, for bracing off of stuff. Eighteen inch barrel, um, muzzle break, all that stuff uh, was directly influenced by uh, three gun in its heyday and transferred over into a military application and then got militarized a little bit. Well, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but it came, it came from uh, three guns. So if you're ever fortunate enough to be somewhere where AMU is um, um, vending, like they have a little booth set up or if you get to tour their armory, which not very many people get to do, but they have a little board set up in their armory that kind of shows like stuff they were using in competition at the time that actually became military program weapons and that's the original mark 12 is one of those i have i have a picture of one that's in the amu cage they call it baghdad bob um that was one of the original ones and actually like went uh went over to afghanistan a few times or no well it went after iraq huh Um, but uh some of the one of the original mark 12s is in the amu inventory and and they gave it a fun name
0: (laughs) wow that's crazy yeah so the um according to wikipedia service is uh, 2002, 2017. So yeah, that's right around that time. That's incredible. All right, Amex. On to what you learned in the uh, in the SPR class.
1: So in the SPR class, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it's going to be very basic for anyone who's been shooting three gun for any any length of time. I mean, we're talking intermediate range engagements. You know, essentially using the reticle uh, to hit stuff that's beyond point blank. Point blank being holding dead and still hitting it. Um, and so you learn a little bit about, uh, reticles, you learn a little bit about dialing for people who still think that's a thing. Um, but what I, and then a lot of it is, uh, building positions, uh, because, and this is kind of my takeaway from this class. I didn't really think about before, like in our sport, when we shoot like this, we just have to hit the target one time. You hit this target one time and then you probably have to hit another target and make the clock stop.
0: Yeah, so you're shooting a target, neutralizing it, moving on to the next target, transitioning to the next target.
1: Yep, bang, hit, bang, hit, bang, hit. Um, in the tactical world, um that's a person and you might have to hit them more than one time to get them to stop what they're doing. So they're starting to talk about like how do we build a position and engage <coughs> this target multiple times rapidly um, you know, to to put down threat essentially. So how do we take this same 300 yard shot, but try to hit it three times in a row as fast as we can. Um, and, and so it's a lot of kind of the aha for me is this, it's nothing we don't do in pistols and, and, you know, burner rifle stuff and shotguns, but I've never done on a long range stage before. I never really thought about it that way. Um, uh, to, to build a position and try to, try to put multiple hits down, try to prep the trigger and hit a target again. Like I'm planning to shoot it three times and trying to time the shot with the recoil sequence as the gun lands again. Mm. Um, so that was unique. Um, and then I learned a little bit different reverse kneel too. Um, I've always thought her, you know, done reverse kneels, like putting your arm on your, on your leg where I learned like tucking your elbow on the outside, of the of the knee and then um, being able to essentially vary the height. So it's like at some point you can only get so low kneeling before you have to like put your leg somewhere, especially if you're especially you're if you're a dude with abdominal assets or investments. <laughs> um, eventually, your anatomy starts getting in the way and you start to need to move away. So being able. So taking a reverse kneel and moving my arm to the outside of my need to get lower and still have some support. That was another thing I learned. Hmm. Um, and in a lot of these classes, I'm picking up kind of nuanced stuff. Um, and then, uh, also the saying, the saying is going to be like our 2023, uh, you have to know the rules before you can cheat. <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of, he's like, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you what, what you need to get a hit so that you can figure out what you can get away with if you don't have the perfect shot kind of is what, yeah. you know, what, what do you actually need? You know, How, what can you get away with on a larger target at, you know, intermediate distances? Uh, so that's really what this, this class was about.
0: Yeah. I like that mentality where, uh, you know, there is a proper way to do it, but it, in, in absence of all the perfect conditions, what can you get away with?
1: Yeah. And, you know, these shots in a match or in real life, uh, rarely does the perfect shot present itself. It's always some some sliding scale of uh you know uh making it happen before you know while while the window is present, you know. So yeah.
0: All right, cool. So would you uh would you take the class again?
1: Uh no I already took it. <laughs> uh, but I would recommend it <clears throat> I would recommend it to anyone who is going to symposium if Alex is doing the class again at symposium I would absolutely recommend taking the class have you not already taken it um but uh, uh and I didn't I didn't have a rifle or the proper ammunition to take his precision rifle class which he was teaching the next day which was more of the turnbolt stuff and the longer range stuff um And I would probably look towards taking that class next year to kind of go deeper, deeper into the subject matter to take the, you know, I took one Oh one let's take two Oh one. Now is kind of where I would look on that. Um, But at the symposium, part of part of what I'm looking for, especially in my position, trying to trying to take classes with people I haven't been with before. Like, yes, I could jump into Steve Fisher's class, anything he's taking anytime I wanted to. Um, But I already know Steve Fisher. He's practically my uncle and I've taken all his classes a bunch of times. Like I know what he teaches. So like I want to, you know, I haven't taken a class with Jared Reston. Mm. I haven't taken one with Chuck Pressburg. Dude, I would um, take uh, either would of those probably, two. I would probably, yeah. Jared Reston, I volunteered, Chuck I actually, Pressburg. I actually volunteer. I heard, I heard your episode of the show where he was um, in the, uh, in CAG Doing uh, the um, uh, what's the term? The acquisition, yeah,
0: acquisitions stuff,
1: procurement. Yes, and he was in procurement for CAG. I'm I'm sitting there and uh, and Matt, the event promoter, is freaking out. I was like, somebody's got to go get Chuck from the airport. Someone's got. I don't know how I'm. I don't know how I'm going to go get Chuck from the airport. I'm there. I have nothing to do, and I want to help, uh, but he won't give me anything to do. I was like, well, I I'll go get Chuck from the airport. Are you sure he's getting in late? He's like, yeah, I don't care. In my head, I'm like. Oh, Adam gets an hour in the car yep. with Chuck as a hostile, <laughs> as a captive audience. I'm gonna pump him for all the LPVO information he knows. Tell me stories, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, so it's like story time with Chuck, and I and I got some good ones.
0: Did he bring his dog?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, and I didn't know he was bringing his dog. I was just like, I roll up to the curb, and all of a sudden there he's. Oh, he's one of the dog people. Oh, dude, but yeah. He
0: doesn't go anywhere without that dog.
1: It wasn't a problem because Misha's. Very well trained, very hundred percent. Like,
0: yeah, she's that's an incredible dog. Like, I I wouldn't consider it a problem at all. But I think that's a bonus. Is like, not only did you get to hang with Chuck, but you got got some dog time too.
1: It's like, man, I was glad I had my back seat open.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't show up in your Miata.
1: Yeah, my truck was loaded down with like three thousand pounds of stuff. So I was like, oh, good thing I unpacked before I went got Chuck (laughs) from the airport.
0: Yeah, that's probably something you want to tell people. There's going to be a dog
1: as well. Yeah. But like they're like before I left they're like, "Oh, and and Chuck likes Diet Coke." So I was like, "All right. Well, I grabbed three. I had them things on ice." I was like, "Oh, hey. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my name's Adam. Oh, yeah. I'll be your I'll be your chauffeur today. Would you like a Diet Coke sir? Um, now tell me everything you know about 1993 LPVOs. <laughs> Want me to answer your question, or maybe this
0: podcast left you with more questions than you started with, go ahead, email me, dave at 3 and you might be featured in a future episode. The 3 Gun Show is proud to be a part of the Firearms Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the 3 Gun Show. We'll see you on the range.